0: Watch this.
1: Hello, my beautiful people. It's been a wonderful year doing the original cast and I wanted to kick off 2017 with something a little different. The show is starting to grow very slowly and I'd like to grow it a little bit faster but to do that I need your help. One of the best ways to get the word out about the original cast is through iTunes and the way that a show moves up and down the iTunes rankings aside from subscriptions and downloads is ratings and reviews. Not many people realize exactly how important rating and reviewing a podcast you enjoy is to that podcast's success and really it couldn't be easier. It takes about five seconds. You click on a show, you go to the iTunes store, you give it five stars you write a little sentence or two and you're done so I'd like to make a deal with you from now until I get tired of it anyone who gives the original cast five stars and writes a review entitles themselves to five seconds on this podcast if you want to plug your show if you want to plug your Twitter account if you want to plug anything at all send me an email with your iTunes username so that I can verify you actually did this and the five seconds of text you want me to read how long is five seconds you ask well it's about 15 to 20 words so let's stretch it to 30 I will say 30 words I'll be willing to read some things pretty fast but anything longer than 30 words and I'm just going to have to cut you off. Which can be funny too. I of course will exercise total editorial discretion. I will not say anything appropriate, defaming, and or just plain ugly on this podcast. But if you give me five stars and write a review, I will give you five seconds on the air. No questions asked. Well, several questions asked, but you know, reasonable questions all. So again, go to iTunes. Give the original cast five stars, write a review, send me an email with your iTunes username in it and the five seconds of text you want me to say, and I will read it during this podcast. Hello, my beautiful people. Today, I'm really happy to bring you our very first live show recorded at the 2016 Flying V awesome But before we start, I have a few things I wanna tell you. First, I didn't do a great job introducing the show we discussed, so I'll do it here. You or Whatever I Can Get is a musical conceived by Vaughn Irving and Jason Slofstein and written by Vaughn, Jason, Suzanne, Edgar, Farrell Parker, Doug Wilder, and Steve Shabilsky. It tells the story of four DC friends played originally by Vaughn, Suzanne, Farrell, and Doug who are at various stages of relationships. It won Best Comedy at the 2014 Capital Fringe Festival and had a very successful run here in town at the Silver Spring Black Box. They just finished recording a cast album, which will be available soon at you or whatever I can get.bandcamp.com a free track of the cut title song, which we discussed briefly, is available there now. Second, I wanted to thank our companyist, Eliza Rossman. She had to leave during the show and I didn't give her a proper thanks. So here I want to say thank you to Eliza for your rehearsal time and for your presence during the show. You were completely indispensable. Third, I want to thank Jason for inviting me to be a part of the awesome and Lee Liebeskind for producing it. Lee did Yeoman's work and the fundraiser was a big success. And thanks to everyone who came out, not just to see us, but the whole awesome It was a great show. I hope we can do more going forward and I hope they do the fundraiser again next year. It was an amazing thing to be a part of. Fourth, there is no fourth thing. Fifth, you may have noticed this episode has an explicit tag on it. Usually, I edit out any fleeting expletives from the guest or myself or profanity from the lyrics of the songs I play. However, the subject matter of you or whatever I can get, as well as some of the song titles themselves, makes this impractical. So some of the language and subject matter may be inappropriate for younger listeners. And now I'm proud to present the original cast live at the Flying V awesome I didn't like her, I didn't like her, I couldn't stand her, couldn't stand her, I wouldn't have her, but I never knew her, but now I do, and I could, and I would, and I know. She loves me, and to my amazement, I love it. Knowing that she loves me She loves me True, she doesn't show it How could she When she doesn't know it? Yesterday she loathed me Bah! Now today she likes me Ha! And tomorrow Tomorrow Well... My teeth ache from the urge to touch her I'm speechless For I mustn't tell her It's wrong now But it won't be long now Before my love discovers That she and I are lovers Imagine how surprised
2: she's bound to be She loves me She loves me
1: I love her Isn't that a wonder I wonder why I didn't want her I want her That's the thing that matters And matters are improving daily Yesterday she loathed me pooh. Now today I love her Woo! And tomorrow
2: Tomorrow Well I'm
3: tingling Such delicious tingles I'm trembling What the hell does that mean? I'm freezing,
1: that's because it's cold out But still I'm incandescent,
2: and like some adolescent I'd like to scrawl on every wall I see She loves me, she
4: loves me
1: Cast! A podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I am your host, Patrick Flynn. That is the first... keep, keep the energy up. <laughs> Welcome to the Flying V awesome a i asked how many of you have been here the whole time, but I think I can tell. <laughs> so thank you very much for coming. Today is our first live episode of the original cast. We're very, very excited. Today's going to be... How many people here listen to the original cast, by the way? One. Two. How many people here have been on the original cast? Two, three. Great. So (laughs) It's good. So on the show, what I do is I have a guest on, they pick an original cast album, and then we talk about it for like 50 minutes or so, and it's a lot of fun. But in the live show, I wanted to do something a little bit different. I didn't want to just bring one person out and talk about One cast album for two hours, which is the slot Jason gave me. So I decided the better thing to do would be to have a show which we talked about songs and have a lot of guests and kind of shrink it down and blow it up at the same time. Can anyone guess what the theme is?
0: Love,
1: Love, right, love. The theme is love songs tonight. So we have the cast and creative team uh, behind the Flying theme musical, You or Whenever I Can Get, which is a romantic comedy. There we are, and uh, we're going to have them all come out here one at a time, and we're going to talk to them, and we're going to each of them is going to sing a love song they're choosing, and then we're all going to sing a big group number at the end. <laughs> it's going to be a thing. We practiced and everything. So uh, let me bring out our very first guest to kick things off here. You know him. You love him. It's Doug Wilder, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> grab a seat. How you doing? Can I choose anything? No, you can't choose anything. You have to sit next <laughs>
5: to me. I get very lonely. Me. How you doing? I'm all right. You haven't been here the whole time though, right? No, so... I I slept for nine hours last night. You did. Uh, you did pirates? Right? Uh, yeah, the pirates after dark. Pirates right? after dark. How did that go? Uh, good. I. You know. I. I didn't sweat naked as much as I thought I would, I just sort of, just a light sheen. A light sheen. That's good. Just enough light on me to really pick out the good bits. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Where are they? No, don't tell (laughs) (laughs) me. So your character
1: in your Whatever I Can Get is Dennis. Uh Uh-huh. So how would you describe Dennis?
5: Uh, Dennis is a deep, conflicted, uh, you know, uh, clown. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's good. So Dennis kicks off the
1: show by getting broken up with. Right. Uh, He's exuberant about it. I'm very excited. Yeah, and he comes and crashes on everyone's couch Mm -hmm. and never, never leaves the couch, which led me to one question. What does Dennis do for a living?
5: Uh, Dennis is a stockbroker. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So he, uh, he has plenty of money and he does everything online. Oh great! This is the the backstory. Right, we that gave you guys him. came up with. Right, yeah. so he owns his own house, also. Right, right? Uh, and this is a great. It's bit. just lonely. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> like so many wealthy people in his big
1: right. house, right, all by himself. He had to go stay with his poor friends in their flat. <laughs> right. So the the, sh- the 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 show was written by the six of you, right? It was written by the four yeah, people, the, the four main cast members, Jason and, and Steve
5: McVickson. Mm-hmm. And when did you come on to the to the show? Uh, I was one. So the original. Th- Two, I think, were Jason and Vaughn, and uh, they had the idea while they were at the conservatory, I think, and they were walking back from lunch and saw me walking to lunch and said, hey, we're going to do a musical, uh, and you're going to be in it. (laughs) And I said, all right. Which is Just generally how I into it. no, Yeah, it's good. Yeah, right from that's, the beginning. That's always how I feel about taking want to you on new project. Yeah. No, absolutely. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> oh, very excited. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. And then that was what? Twenty thirteen? Uh, Twenty thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. And you've been with it ever since. And I've been with it. That's really great. And how was the writing? So do you you write? I know, I know from Forty Eight Hour yeah, film yeah. project, which we both do, that you do some writing and, and directing a film. But have, do you write for the theater?
5: Uh, yeah, I've written. Uh, Five full-length plays and ten kids plays, okay. uh, all of which are have been produced by some small nonprofit outlet uh, right. in the D.C. area at some point or another. Right. Um, but yeah, I, uh, writing sort of my like, I would say that it's the thing that I that I believe that I do the best. Okay, but I think my wife thinks it's like falling down. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, in her
1: defense, I've seen you fall down. It's there. pretty it like, really, yeah, pretty, I don't know. It's it that a top-notch <laughs> faller. Uh, though
5: that's so. But have you written in a group
1: like that before?
5: Uh, yeah, I mean, we, whenever we write the forty-eight-hour films, uh, so we sort of write as a team. So well, you do that differently than I do. Um, I write them straight entirely on my own. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I've never written a forty-eight-hour film alone. Okay. Um, this is so. This is easy, it's easy. To, it was easy to step into the group writing dynamic mm. uh, because. Nobody expected anything of me because I was like... So expectations were super low. Right. I was like, oh, right. I'm, if I can rap, I don't care. I'm just going to rap. That's it. And you do rap. Yeah. Yeah. In a great
1: pre-Hamilton rap number <laughs> in like a musical. To, you can mix yeah. ex- like we'll pre-Hamilton. Absolutely. We'll call <laughs> that pre-Hamilton. Really we'll call Lynn. <laughs> I, have, I
5: don't have a number. And,
1: and, uh, well, that's, so you, but you found the process to be... Exciting, and Vaughn described it as kind of group therapy. So, do you think it's like it it was that way? Yeah,
5: I mean, I I think the first, uh, our first writing process leading into Fringe was more group therapy for me because that was uh, I was sort of coming out of this same period of life as Mm. Dennis, and you know, I had already like kind of understood it, you know, and so for me it was like the catharsis of finally like putting it down on paper, and I think for 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 Jason and for Vaughn and for Suzanne and for Farrell some of their stuff wasn't as like they, they were sort of in their periods of life a little more you know and, oh okay you know. so you felt you had a little more like um yeah so my group therapy was vomited out then and then ah, I think God. their group therapy was in the second uh, writing process. Oh, okay. they may feel different. How much
1: rewriting did you do between Fringe and... I think we added plugs.
5: 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I think it was an hour 15 and we brought it up to an hour 50, so 35 minutes. Okay. But we also sort of cut a bunch of stuff, like our opening number from the old song, old show got cut, and uh, yeah, it was a... a I, I don't, I don't want to say like, because we wrote a lot more material the first mm-hmm. time around but we paid attention to it more the second time we right? Well, it's rewriting. I mean, that's what rewriting <laughs> right.
1: is, is. You have something to work with, and then you go, oh, okay. Like, this is terrible, or this is great, or this is whatever, and then you
5: can excise it or, right. or, or turn it all around. Or, or in our case, we got rid of a lot of great stuff right. and then wrote terrible stuff <laughs> to put in, and then we were like, oh, this new stuff's terrible. Let's go Let's back, go to, the back to the old stuff again. <laughs> it's not wasted time.
1: That's but That's why I think people get so frustrated writing is they don't realize how much of it is throwing away perfectly good material and then going, oh, wait, maybe we need that back. Or we don't.
5: I mean, this thing you write, right, Or you wrote this beautiful metaphor. Right. You know, and somebody comes in and says, well, we could just do that in one line in a light cue. Yeah. And you're like, but the metaphor. metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) You don't understand. I'm pouring myself out here on the stage. I'll never be able to use this line
1: again. Right. (laughs) (laughs) See, I would imagine, I I have no trouble throwing out pages of dialogue. But I would imagine throwing a song away is a very hard Yeah, it really was,
5: actually. Throwing the opening number away was really difficult, yes. And we we tried, we worked, I think we had five or six different openings where we tried to work that original song into other forms of an opening number. Because it is the title song, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, you or whatever I can get.
1: You or whatever I can get, yeah. Which I was surprised when I saw the show that that phrase never came up. Right. In, it's a very appropriate title for the piece, but it doesn't it, it exists nowhere in the current text. No. Which is I mean, but that's great. That I think metaphor it, is. It's just, well now it's, it's a good now it's a good title, which is as right. hard as, as any as you know. I mean it's, it's writing a song almost coming up with a title that that and character names. Like titles and character names are two, yeah.
5: the two hardest I agree I, I never title anything. In fact, Ever? my my how song. How do we know how I to find it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just let other people do it. Well, okay, that works. My song in this show is called Doug's Rap. <laughs> <laughs> I found out yesterday because it was on a it was on like a, a, like a like a like a run list for the sure. retrospective. You know, it was. You know, uh, collapsible heart is right. the name of Farrell's sort of solo, and all these other like origami and yeah. all these other. Sh- piece names and mine is Doug's, Doug's rap. rap? <laughs> Are you going to put a title to it? No. No? No. So on the CD. Untitled rap. It's going oh, to say Doug's rap. I'm sure somebody will. I mean, you can call
1: it Dennis's rap. That would at least be like, oh, it's the character's name. But I don't know. <laughs> you want to
5: <laughs>
1: You're really non committal. I have uh, to respect yeah. that. That's like a serious amount of I can't
5: handle it. In fact, my, my, my writing partner, not my writing partner, my work partner, Nan, uh, mm-hmm. whenever I have to write a show, because every year I have to write a play for my third-year students mm-hmm. um, and usually I just ask her for a title and but then you can you just give sh- me a title for something I'll write after something play. you've already written or something no. you're gonna write like, oh okay so you title something and I'll write a play called called that <laughs> <laughs> so if she turned around and said Doug Nan's hungry you'd be like and like okay Nan's, Nan's hungry Nan's I Nan's can, can- I can write a show. I mean, the the hippos are coming out. I think it's a hippo play. All right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned the conservatory now. So the people who don't know, what is the conservatory that you that you work at? Uh,
5: I am the education director of what is going to be a very prestigious sounding national conservatory of dramatic arts. Uh, it is not a very prestigious, oh. but, uh, <laughs> wonderful place, uh, but, but it is definitely the ground floor of a, a church and not a marble coliseum. Oh, so. okay. Um, but yeah, so I'm the education director there, and we do a three-year, uh, like, accredited post-secondary acting program. So. Oh, great. Um, How long have you been there? I. Uh, uh, forever? <laughs> I, mean, I think it's Is hell, I think it's like the hell that I was I don't remember to. going there and I can't leave, so I think that's it, yeah. Uh, I started there in, as, a, as an employee in 2007. Oh great. So I went there from 2003 to 2005. Okay. And, and then, then couldn't get work anywhere else, so right, you went back to the place, yeah. yeah, no, I get you. No, they like stuck me, you know, I got stuck with all these internships and the year I was gone, like, mm-hmm. sort of like grunt working. Sets and then going to rehearsal and yeah. the things you do I right, mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's paying your dues is. right. And then I came to town. I was like, I'm never paying another due again. <laughs> <laughs> Literally,
1: all my dues are paid. Here's my here's my bill. I paid all my dues. You never done though. You never done paying right. your dues, yeah. don't you think? That's no, that's totally. the secret is the thing. I remember at 23 taking my short film around New York to like all the little companies and just dropping off VHS copies of this movie and then be like, yeah. well. That's it. Somebody's gonna... Somebody's, yeah. The Weinsteins will come across... Give me the Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare the standard rich and famous country. <laughs> I'll be right here. And I'm still here.
5: I'm still waiting. That's what's happening. Yeah. Well, if you're passing out the same tape, that's the problem. Nobody
1: <laughs> has a VCR anymore. <laughs> so they all think it's a paperweight or something. It's a terrible um, novelty. I had a stack of... V. Like You probably had to do this experience where I, I had a collection of like... You have to buy them in gross. So I had, like... 30 minute VHS tapes. And you're like. But you couldn't buy in stores, and I had to buy them. I had to buy like 50 of them to make it pay, and then ran off 50 copies of this 25 minute movie. And then some tapes threw them away. Did you have one of those like uh, editors
5: where you edit between two VHS tapes? I did that in
1: high school. Yes. Uh, I cut VHS to VHS. Yeah. You did that, too? No. I watched it happen. That was nice. He walked me right <laughs> up to the edge and he kicked me off. Like I was getting. <laughs> I watched people do it. And I'm like, those people are idiots. I'm not doing that. Yeah, that's how I learned. I learned in high school. We had a TV station, and I learned on deck to deck. That's great. Which is you guys loving this? This is good music theater conversation. <laughs> oh yeah, deck right. to deck editing. We talk about movies. We got to talk musicals. Kind of like a musical. That's it. Well, we can talk about your song. Oh, that yeah. you're going to sing. I've got. Which is, uh, what song did you choose?
5: Uh, I'm going to sing I Don't Know How to Love Him from Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> Which is a great song. Yeah, Luke Gasps. That's oh, great. yeah.
1: So, where did you first encounter this?
5: Uh, um, I was asleep at my ex girlfriend's house uh, when I was. <laughs> straighter, hang on for a second. Like 17. Sure. Um, and I, had, I was sick. Like, I, I remember, like had the flu or something. And. I kept hearing this musical, like, or you know, this music that was like driving me crazy, you know, because mm-hmm. I was ill, and uh, and it was the the Caiaphas number, you know, the right. Jesus must die. You know, like yeah. they were just playing it over and over and <laughs> over again. It's like, you know, yeah. miserable, dying. You know? Uh, I, I came out and I was like, "You guys, turn that off. It's really annoying." I know I don't live here, but I'm sick. Uh, so now I like it. <laughs>
1: To re- we need to workshop that story. <laughs> <laughs> so which recording was it Do you how uh, the original the
5: um the, the brown they had, had a record the, oh, of yeah, the original record. cast record yeah yeah so you had Yvonne Elman singing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Song. yeah oh and you told me yesterday Murray head sort of my like I wish I
1: was Murray I wish you were Murray head yeah. you might be the only person I bet I your uh, age group <laughs> is ever to say that out loud I'm gonna I'm no gonna, I think that's true yeah <laughs> Well, he had Jason and I. When Jason was on the show, we talked about Chess, uh, mm-hmm. the London recording of Chess. And he sings One Night in Bangkok on that recording, which was the yeah. last, I believe, the last music theater song to be in the American Billboard, like, top 40 singles. I, There's a the lot man. of people who know that song who don't even know that it's from the right. musical. What they think is happening in the song that this guy's singing about, I don't know, but... Bangkok, Oriental City. setting, Right, we can do it all. <laughs> but you're not doing that um, Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great... It's a great song. I, I had that recording on record, which I used to listen to on my Fisher-Price record player. Mm. One speaker. Didn't
5: really sound was like Was it like
1: a... blue with the yellow? It was. It was tan with the blue arm. Yeah, and had... I didn't have one of those I... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. No, no,
1: That's good. I'm glad I had you come out first. Uh... <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, no, fine. So, uh, all right. So, Doug. Doug's finished. Everybody. Now <laughs> <in>. Good, <so>. <laughs> <laughs> I win. All right. Doug Wilder, all right. Ladies and gentlemen.
0: Yay! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: Our next guest, oh, yeah, let's. Can I introduce to everybody Miss Suzanne Edgar? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, oh. there you go. I like the, this time. is gonna go this way, right? On.
6: Right, yeah,
5: yeah,
1: this is good. How you doing? Uh, I'm very excited to be here. Good, how are I'm you? Great, this is fun, good stuff. So, you, um, this is funny to me because you were, um, I mean, I've known you for a while. We went mm-hmm. to Catholic U together. Right. And when I first heard about the show, you were literally the only person in it that I knew, mm. uh, which was pretty, it was sort of, that was an exciting, like, oh, Suzanne's in that show. And then I think, because I think that's where you and I reconnected was at the Fringe Probably. in the 2013 mm-hmm. or whatever that was. and and then to see the show kind of go like up from there was pretty like hey look at that
6: that's good mm-hmm. so you
1: were when you, your character i forget your character's
6: victoria name.
1: you're victoria
5: okay tory tory don't correct me. you know that's <laughs> who she is to me oh i see
1: are you in character right now can i talk to james <laughs> So with, uh, with, when you were creating Tori, did they come to you with this character, or did you bring the character to them?
6: So it by the time I joined the project, the all the characters had sort of been <clears throat> mapped out, or like there was an idea of Tori um, and sort of her arc, but I think in the writing process we filled in all the specifics. Of
1: the okay, character. so they had a vague sense of who mm-hmm. this was and mm-hmm. what it was. Sense. And then they came to you yep. with it. Yeah, did you find that insulting or complimentary?
6: Uh, complimentary. Because <laughs> I, so, I had worked with um, Vaughn and Doug the previous year at Fringe on Disco Jesus. Oh, okay. And so I was so happy to have the opportunity to work with
1: them to again. Come back around again. Mm-hmm. Cool. And how did you find writing in a, in that group?
6: So I, I learned a lot about myself. My dad is a writer. Okay. And I always did very well with papers, but I, I learned that I'm a much better melody writer than um, lyric. Because oh, okay. <laughs> I would have ideas and share them and it always be like Or we could say it like this <laughs> and it would sound so much better. <laughs> I remember. What you just, think that was? I, I think like I was just so literal. And I would just, uh, okay. you know, put things sort of exactly as, right. as they were. And I wasn't as good with the metaphors, but, but I was such, good with melody. You
5: have such a musical understanding. Cause, yes. Yes,
6: from the saxophone, that helped me. So I was good with the
5: the musical
1: parts. Yeah, composition and stuff like that. Was that true of most people in the room who didn't know music? Or, I mean, in that way? Do you know what I mean? Oh, I don't
5: know.
1: Had studied it or had everybody had
5: a? I don't... I don't know if anybody had. I, I guess Vaughn's plays yeah. instruments, but I don't think anybody had studied he music in the way that Suzanne, Suzanne did. drum. Yeah. I have a bachelor
6: so, in music. Yeah, right.
5: Suzanne's definitely. So I had to Suzanne do all, all the geeky counterpoint
6: oh, and okay. theory and all those things.
5: I would say I was
1: really when I watched the show, I was really taken by the harmony. Oh, a lot yeah. of the time, in the group members being, the cleanest choice. Mm-hmm. It always seemed to me. Which, in, when you have a show written by, like when you ever see a like a band or an a cappella group or people who write their own music and do their own harmonies, there's this temptation to go for the most interesting sounding harmonies, because they're the most fun to say, but you guys seem to always go for the, you know, whatever whatever the appropriate,
5: if it was a one, three, five, or whatever the chord was, it was the, the most that's appropriate. That's great, because mostly we were just missing notes. Speak <laughs> <laughs> for <of it> yourself. <laughs> I'm speaking <Yeah>. for
1: myself. <laughs> Entirely for myself. Oh, so that's great. So that was a good, and how long did you, you worked on the show from the fringe mm-hmm. on forward? So you were yeah. working that, okay. Wow. That must have been just an okay. So you were in so when you came in it was Doug and Vaughn and Jason and you came in with Farrell or I think was, so, was it right? the I theory? don't know. Yet. I
6: think we joined at the same time.
1: Around the same time? Okay. Mm-hmm. And when you were brought the material, how was it presented to you?
6: Oh gosh. It, uh,
5: we probably asked if she would get do naked. You remember this?
0: Right. And, um, oh right. Wait, but who's
6: person. was that? My idea? Because I can't even remember. Because I remember I had a lot of inspiration for that song. I think uh, the, what Doug uh, is referring to is the cybersex number.
1: Right. I don't know what um, that is. What Doug is referring to. So Victoria
6: to, had yeah. a long distance boyfriend, and so she decided to surprise him one night with something special. You know, on Skype, which it was back then. Which it was, you know, yeah. before Facetime. Kind of eh. Yeah. But. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, I'm the host, you know. Like, I, you gotta don't, respect my I don't heart.
6: remember if that song was already an idea before I came on, and it just happened to be that I had like a wealth of experience to like.
1: Um, oh, really? Oh, okay.
6: To like, you know, add to the number. To the, to the number. Itself. I don't remember. I don't either. I would like to think that it was my idea, but I don't. I really don't remember whose idea a that fun, song
1: was. That's a really interesting <laughs> moment in the show because it's the first time you kind of. You separate out. Oh, you have right. your own kind yeah, of it's real near moment. the top. Yep. Yeah. Cause even even in the number we're gonna do later, in the I'm um, thirty number where everybody has kind of a moment, you're still very <coughs> reinforcing Phil. In mm. you, like Farrell goes up and mm-hmm. sings her number, mm-hmm. you have your own introduction, Doug, and then Phil's obviously doing his own deal. But you kind of are always Dealing with everybody else and being like the mother, the supportive, the the. the yeah. The adult. I mean, because you are kind of the adult in this yeah. and the source of. Yeah. I'm the
6: one the, who has the right. most uh, laid out sort of specific plan. Yes. Yeah. when you had it all figured uh, out, right? Yes.
1: Mm. Going to move to Raleigh Durham, which is yes. a, a good detail in <laughs> the lyric. Yeah, because I, I was struck by later in the, in the show when Doug, when you get the weed out. From various locations around, the- <laughs> you've been stashing it. Apparently, um, that Phil's line is that Tori's gonna kill. If Tori smells that, she's gonna right. kill us. Which I think is such an interesting yeah. kind of yeah. That you were the the
5: good mother hen with mm-hmm. your stuffed animals on the bed and the whole like of the whole. Mm-hmm. She whole probably up. had the only job that would have cared. Yeah, I right? like, oh. think that's. The- oh, that's an interesting. Point. Yeah. What was your job?
6: Wait, Tori worked at a nonprofit.
5: Oh, did she? You- oh, they mm-hmm. wouldn't. Have cared. <laughs> <laughs> Non profit. Plus it was like an anti drug nonprofit. Oh, that's true. That
1: they would have <laughs> cared a lot. <laughs> so I guess the options were a lot or not at not at all. Mm-hmm. It was pretty high. Mm-hmm. So and did you now during the, the cyber sex scene, mm-hmm. Doug, did you play The Boyfriend? Yeah. Okay. I thought I recognized your voice. And yeah. <laughs> we thought <laughs> about recasting it for we the did. second show.
6: <laughs> but Doug is just so funny. Like we <laughs> couldn't we couldn't bring well, ourselves to recast it.
1: What I really like, so the scene is I mean, you have full tilt cyber sex this for this computer, not full tilt. way. But you, you, no. appro- you go, you go <laughs> okay. to go to a lot of different places, uh-huh. and you never. What I really liked about it specifically, you, Suzanne, is that you don't ever laugh at like <laughs> as an actress. Like oh, because it's yeah, unbelievably I couldn't. Silly what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But if you at any point broke, especially with Doug being somebody you know, doing this voice for right. a different character, it was like, so it, funny. That must, was that ever... It was
6: hard in moments when we had a really good audience, yeah. when they'd be laughing so hard. Or especially if I heard a laugh of someone I knew in the audience, it would be like, yeah, but gotta... no, but I, I held it together. Because
1: that's a sad scene on balance. I mean, that is a, it's you know, it, very a, funny. If, you would ever, if you ever laugh in the moment, it would ruin how sad that is.
6: Yes. Um, yeah. I remember we had so much fun writing that. Do you yeah. remember? Yeah, yeah. They just played the vamp, and we just improvised a bunch of things <laughs> and recorded it, and just sort of took out took out what sounded cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. right? yeah. That was
5: Was that a lot of the songs? Was it was it a lot of over? a lot of it early on was improv, oh. and then I think in the second run we we tried to fix a lot of lyrics that we mm-hmm. had sort of left mm-hmm. left okay. iffy in the improv world.
1: Yeah, right mm-hmm. for the French production. That that must I, I always wonder how infuriating that is to record something over like, and listen to yourself and write it all down and and do it again like is that oh, I think yeah. it's fun. was
5: that fun okay yeah yeah it was, fun. It, be- uh, it was I think for that song it was really fun <laughs> yeah some of the songs it was like I don't have any idea for this <laughs> <laughs> I can't improv something I don't understand right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. so when you would write a song would you all sit down and write. Oh, even if it wasn't your character, would you all be there to kind of at the initial phase, or would you come to it later? Sometimes, sometimes
5: we split stuff. Like there were songs that were for specific people that someone else wrote, and there were, and then that character would rework all the lyrics or rework the melody to fit a better fit in the vocal harmony or you know their vocal range. Mm -hmm. oh that's true you
1: mentioned that the other day when we were practicing <laughs> that one of the advantages to oh, writing a musical yes. you is can you can write everything in your range
6: yes you can put everything in a great key for you when well, you're writing your own music.
1: and I, I was surprised because I know I've said on the show before I know just enough about music to be dangerous and I, I didn't notice how many key changes there are in some of these, these numbers that thank you Steve yeah like. there's, there's there's like so yeah, there's, like, there's, there's some songs that have seven or eight key in them mm-hmm. which is just and we all remarkable. sound so great you do. You, you do i know it is you do you do all but then you you do all have to come together at one point i mean it's not all yeah you, know, you do all end up at having you have points. to pick a key at, at one point points. right and everyone has to sing yeah. it and a lot of the songs so it isn't it isn't quite that way where you you always get to sing in your range
6: but we were harmonized so well that it pretty much worked i
1: think. I agree no mm-hmm. i absolutely think it was it's a it's a fun show and, mm-hmm. so, and and it shows that you guys are having a good time putting it all together so what was your if i can ask this question please what was the what was the the moment for you that was the most out of your experience
6: oh that's a great question so my character probably changed the most in arc in terms of like the ending Mm. between the first and the second time and even in the Even in the first iteration of the show and the second, there were several versions of Victoria's ending song. Okay. And that was the song that probably changed the most through the course of the show. And I think what I was personally struggling with is that I didn't know what I wanted it to say. So I I felt very similar to Victoria at the time that we were writing this, where it's like, oh, I have this five-year plan, and I'm going to get married, and have a house, and all these things. And... um. Then I sort of wanted it to be this like awesome feminist empowering ending, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't super truthful. And then the second go around, it was more about letting go of like societal uh, pressures Mm because I was like a bit older the second time around. And it was more about all of these expectations and being like, you know, going up in your 30s and what people expect you to do. Um, And I like where it landed. But I think because I was still sort of in the process through both iterations of the show, that was the hardest part. Because the ending of her character arc, I had not reached yet in, okay. either, in either
1: Being sort of situation. 100%. Well, it's really nice that she ends in a very... I don't know how much to spoil for everybody, but we're not going to, you know. She's empowered. And, empowered. And Dunderb- she's embracing
6: Dunderb- like her her true self and sort of letting go of these societal pressures.
1: Well, there is always a temptation, right. I will say this, in a show that has four main characters, two male, two female, and everybody's heterosexual, there is a temptation for this to end in a nice, neat, 2 couples mm-hmm. caring oh, yeah. way, mm-hmm. and it doesn't do that. That's what I'll say. It we talked about that. Yeah, I'm sure you did, because you would if you read your writing, you'd explore all those avenues, uh-huh. and it, it almost does that, it comes right, right. to the edge of doing that, and then very declaratively does not, mm-hmm. which is a nice,
0: mm-hmm.
1: more, it's hard to have a, sh- open-ended, open-ended is always the hardest way to end the show, mm-hmm. because if you do it too open-ended, it feels like you didn't finish writing it, and if you, you know, and then otherwise you, you close it off Right, much. trying to find the way that open-ended feels like the right choice. It feels like we're done, yeah. it feels like this, everything has been resolved, that needs to be resolved, but we still feel like these characters have life going forward, and it felt it feels that way at the conclusion, in that wonderful closing. Mm-hmm. So that's good stuff. And what song did you pick to sing today?
6: Um, I picked I'll Cover You from Rent.
1: Which is a show you love.
6: <clears throat> yes. So freshman year of high school, right. 1996.
1: Yeah.
0: I had
6: just been cast in my first high school show, and I started hanging out with these older, cool theater people. And they all had cars, and they had the double CD of Rent. And I just became obsessed, and that's totally what I wanted for Christmas. And I remember my parents at the time were very concerned about you know all of the sort of um, racy explicit. elements and and
5: <laughs> a little explicit tag on yeah probably it was probably. like, it was little, like yeah. racy
6: and and all sorts of things that they think I didn't know about. Um, <laughs> So, I of course threw a huge tantrum right. and then I got the double CD for Christmas. and so your, I parents had, had, uh, your parents
1: had principles, but they weren't willing to withstand
3: your own. Yes. Arms. Okay, that's good for
6: that. Yes. They, I was just too annoying, I guess. But I hadn't been that happy on a Christmas since I got the Barbie Dream House like three years after I really wanted it. But I had sure to. you were going to say kept three years ago. I was
1: like, <laughs>
6: no. <laughs> no. Oh my. So, well, that's uh, great. So I finally got the C D and, and it was everything you
1: wanted it to be. Yes,
6: important. and I'm sure like many of you in the audience you can probably sing the entire score straight from December twenty fourth nine PM huh. Eastern Center. You know. Um so I could Indiana. sing. You know. Mm. So this is just one part of it, but right. you know, if you wanted to hear all of Rent, like I could sing
1: <laughs> you it for you. <laughs> okay. if you so wanted, the like... show, everybody you guys get together in the parking lot do it like like Jersey boys. We'll style. do a speed run. We'll do it yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> And you're going to sing I Cover You. I'll cover no, I'll you. I'll cover you. All right. Tuesday really. Live in my house, I'll be your
6: cham- talented and courageous Pharaoh Parker
2: Ooh, yeah.
6: Woo!
7: Yeah. Um, how you doing I am good how are you good I'm doing just fine good. and you were in pirates earlier too right? yep, yep. yeah did
1: but you got to go home and Go to sleep. Oh yeah,
7: yeah, yeah. I was asked, I think, to do other things earlier today. And wisely said no. And I <laughs> yeah. said no. Some of us said yes.
1: <laughs> <Amen>. So uh <laughs> and you your character is Jen.
7: Jen, yes. And you or
1: whatever. I yeah. Think, yeah. And you came on around the same time as Suzanne?
7: Yes, I did. Um I came on because um both Doug and Vaughn's girlfriends got better jobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I was gonna. <laughs> I know, but it's my story to tell. Um, <laughs> and I had worked with Vaughn on a friend show two years before that, and we had got along great and mm-hmm. had great stage chemistry. And I would met Jason, but I hadn't yet worked with him. And I was hated by Doug, so it worked so out. It worked with out. With <laughs>
1: that's a good combination. You call that a hat trick? I think. It's easy. Um, so she could like that's... rub it in my face, right, all the time. <sighs> Wow. Um, let's go and you. So you knew Vaughn first. So you play Vaughn's sister, Phil. Or yeah, Vaughn's mm-hmm. sister, yeah. Phil in the show, and was that the way the character was when you inherited? So her? we
7: we were not brother and sister until the second production. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, it, yeah. Which we when we figured it out, we were like, duh, like obviously they're brother and sister. But in writing the first one, we hadn't. We just hadn't gone there, and I came up. I think we came up with the characters' names altogether together in the room. Okay. Um, but there was a track for. My character okay. that already existed, when like in a, some semblance of what what that tr- character's track and journey would be. When you joined, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. when I joined.
1: Okay, and how did you how did that morph as you as you took it over?
7: Oh well, I figured out that I could work out my issues with art.
1: Comes to some of us later than others, and have okay. a good
7: time doing it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and okay. I had had I had a little. Luckily, I had had some collaborative experience. I have an all-female sketch and stand-up comedy group, um, and so I had started. That was my first time collaborating; was working with them. Mm-hmm. So I had a little knowledge of how that kind of writing process, but definitely this for me was an education in in collaborative in group work. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, it's an interesting thing to insert yourself or to, or to be, be brought yeah. into, I should say. But, right.
7: Yeah. I had I had very low expectations of myself. I think <laughs> in terms <laughs> well, of the writing, I was like, oh, I don't. I'm not going to write anything, right? Right. <laughs> I just don't have to write and then anything. You wrote a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: What's the thing that you're most proud of that you wrote in the show? Or can you even remember anymore?
7: Well, I mean, I think that like we were all happy with the collapsible heart song, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. Jen sings. Um I yeah, yeah, just something that I didn't think I was capable of. And everyone helped, I mean, mm. worked, everyone helped me. I worked with Steve a lot on the music and I had like I remember meeting with Jason in a coffee shop to like talk through the metaphor, I think.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Was that your metaphor? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
7: yeah. I had already, it came out of a poem that I had written. Okay. Yeah. Like a sad, single girl poem that I had
1: (laughs) written. That you turned into...
7: That, yeah, Then I used for this song. For the song. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's a heck of a metaphor. That's a really good... I mean, Thank really, you. it is. Thank yeah, you. It's, it's a <laughs> and it's, it's a clear one, I think, for mm. that you have a yeah. collapsible heart, yeah. yeah, portable as it as it would be. Yeah, yeah, that's so much fun. And what did you? So I'll ask you the same question I, I asked Suzanne in the sense of what was the part that you were in the show that you were working on that you felt least qualified to kind of to write on was her.
7: Yeah, the the confrontational I think elements of mm-hmm. Jen, like the the hardest song for me to work on writing was the fight song between. Jen and Dennis where I just feel like I was like I have no idea how to fight really yeah and now I feel like now that I have like a little more knowledge of writing and I would maybe like throw some more rhetoric in there or make it mm-hmm. or like have more ideas about it but yeah I was like I don't know what how to insult people but,
5: re- but in the moment we were just trying to come up with really good insults, like insults or like yeah personally towards each other
7: right but <laughs> we were not friends yet enough to really do that
5: mm. I mean I didn't care yeah. Okay. Well, I,
7: I did not feel comfortable insulting, just personal <laughs> weak spot. <laughs>
1: I think you probably would be now. But, uh, yeah. And I, since he's made fun of me twice, I encourage it. Uh,
5: <laughs> it's my knees. <laughs> no, that's that's if we were fighting. I can't. Oh, you your right. knees. I'm trying to break your Physical spirit, not your spot. body. Right. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> um, well, that's interesting. That you. How how far along did it go before you felt like. Because you guys are, I mean, having hung out with you for two or three days now, you're you're a pretty tight unit. Yeah. And so how long did it take before you were to be comfortable, like where you are now, insulting all of Doug's weak spots?
7: I like to think it's definitely by the time we started the rewrite process. Okay. But not in, I don't think until then. Yeah.
1: So when you guys came to the rewrite process, I mentioned that you added a lot of material. Because I, mm-hmm. I find that with, with most shows in a rewrite like that, you would add material, but you'd do a lot more time cutting. Mm-hmm. But it seems like on balance, you add, you cut it a lot of stuff, but you added more than yeah. oh, yeah. you mm-hmm. cut. What what got added that was that was missing that would
5: maybe surprise me if somebody's only seen the second version? Aside from like, um, I think Philbin most of Act, was Act One was basically set. And I think Act Two we added the. Uh, do you think they fucked this up? The parent divorce song. Oh wow! Uh, oh. Oh, the song. Song. the right, getting, Yeah, yeah. Song. The getting high song.
7: Getting high song.
5: Mm-hmm. Um, and then what? Happened? Breaking the out. out. Breaking out. Right, but that song. had
6: been like switched out from the previous.
5: The opening, the whole opening number was fresh, mm-hmm. and probably three times as long as the original.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
6: mm-hmm. And uh, the like pre intermission oh, song lit yeah. with all the nice harmony. Oh, the that actual closer Yes. Yeah. yeah that did that we new. do your rag in the? Oh, yeah, we, we had the rag. University.
7: Yeah. And the rap. And the rap. We um, had the rap already. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I think those were the big. So it's more expanding. Yeah. Additions. Expanding moment. It just feels like we are trying a to like fill talented. in everybody's yeah. arc, com- make, complete mm-hmm. everybody's sort of journey. Because I think the first time we felt like there were holes just along the journey for mm-hmm. different characters, and it was we really wanted to sort of make sure that you were, you know, gently carried uh, to each new story point. And
7: also, Fringe's time limits are so strict that well, we probably could have written a longer show then and it was good that we didn't because right. we sort of had to essentialize down and then you know we still didn't want to be a three hour musical right um, but we were able to sort of speak for yourself do <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch a three hour musical so right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, good. So, well, that's good that then you won't inflict it on other people exactly. it's nice to have standards like that that you won't if you don't want to watch a three hour musical you won't make me watch yeah. a three hour musical exactly. from your friend that's nice um, yeah, it's really... It, it. So you had a pretty good sense of like where the characters began and where they ended by the time Fringe was over at any yeah, yeah. rate, mm-hmm. and then it was just a question of getting it. Yeah, I don't think many people realize until they write something how the beginning and the ending are easy. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the middle that's the... It's, yeah. And that, the problem with a lot of shows that you see is that there's a really great moment at the end that is totally unearned. That right. it's not... The character
5: hasn't been through enough to get you to that. It's like that end of act one... Until the climax,
1: yeah, like, that's like it's Act Two. I mean, yeah. Act Two of most musicals is where either things just quickly the plot the plot just gets snapped and resolved, <laughs> and we're out. Well, I've said this on the show before that like there's a lot of in the Golden Age of musicals, the original one I think we're in a run right yeah. now too. But the the original one, you know, the first act would be seventy minutes and the second act would be thirty, mm-hmm. and that's just right. so unbalanced in terms of. That's why I love to see a good show that has. You know, it's like an an hour on each side, ideally. That's full of material, which is, I think, what your guys should well, I think, Definitely
7: especially was. Vaughn and Doug are real, like story structure sticklers. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh yeah, I didn't know anything about how to tell, like, how right. to tell a story. Or, there but, are rules, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: they knew the rules. There so. are rules. So that's good. <laughs> but it's good to have people who don't know the rules. I mean, that's the other. Yeah. Like, it, it sounds like right. a really nice mix of, of personalities that you guys. So, when you guys went to to Farrell and Suzanne, did that or did that come into your? Mine, or was it personalities you were more approaching?
5: I think, well, we knew we wanted Suzanne. Um, <laughs> we called literally everybody else. Carol was the only one available. No, no, she won the vote.
6: Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. I have not heard this part of the story.
5: <laughs> Apparently, Go there was on. a vote. Uh, yeah. Well. I she was really weird to me in a bar once and I was like, I don't know if Feral, we can like not spend, me. <laughs> uh, five weeks working on a thing together. She's yeah. a weirdo. Yeah. That's See, you know, if if, if 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 it were me in that room and you said that I'd be like, We have to get fair
1: Because no, but because of the dynamic that can bring And
5: does bring to the car I mean, that's your two. Those are your characters. Yeah, but she like ate all my cheese at the bar. Like wouldn't let me eat my own food.
7: You could have used that in the fight song. I didn't know it was his cheese, but I probably would have eaten it anyway. And also, I had auditioned for Doug. Also, oh, and he was not buying what I was selling.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I gave
1: it back. Did you ever repay him for the cheese? I mean, it sounds like... No. You got like 20 bucks on you? I think we could probably wrap this thing up. Right? But you don't want
7: to get into Doug and I, how much money Doug and I owe each other. It's oh. not... It's,
1: it's pretty a different disgusting. a podcast. Okay. All right. We'll figure that out. All right. We'll send you guys on Planet Money, and you guys can work that out <laughs> to yourselves. I mean, it's just—it's a great... It's a rare thing to have such great... Mm-hmm. The, the personalities lining up, like it seems yeah. that they do, and it's its nice to me that you came in not 100% on because I really think that probably gave you... A kick. I think Vaughn and Jason were totally 100 percent up <laughs> there. Well, that's the thing. But like, they but were, it, yeah, it's, yeah. But it is—it's a nice dynamic to bring them because if everybody's too friendly, you can also then be too polite and not willing to kind of do the things you need to do, especially when you're telling stories that are more personal. To kind of go, "That's that your idea
5: sucks. And right, yeah. This idea is better," and and fight I think for it a bit. I think also our the antagonistic sort of side we felt for each other was was nicely captured. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. And you then, you know, history. that melted away? Well, that's, I mean, it's really, yeah, it, it
1: really comes through, that, that blend of personality. So, you don't like that? That's not good? Okay. Anyway. So. <laughs> I thought it was a winner. Um, so, cool. And what song are you going to sing for it?
7: I'm going to sing Marry Me a Little. Oh, You're Marry Company. Me Little. Right. Yeah. Which is
1: fun, because we were talking about this yesterday. I didn't want to talk about it too much, because people weren't there. Right. Um, right. So, where did, you, where did this song come across here?
7: Um, I mean, I started getting into, I think... Like the real musical theater, like outside of Disney musicals. Okay. In high school, um, my best friend had like you know one of those CD like folios. Yeah. Full of soundtracks. Doug doesn't know what that is, but <laughs> I, I never had one. one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. I was just impoverished. Really this comes down to. <laughs>
0: oh, it's a really sad story. Wow. That
7: <laughs> but that was like his life. Like I think that. If it was a choice between me and that folio of soundtrack CDs, like yeah. he would have definitely probably still would choose that. Um but <laughs> even, with <laughs> even with the
1: advances in modern technology.
7: Um so I had heard the soundtrack and then I I think it was the first sound time that I saw it live was company. Oh, really? I went to see the two thousand six, two thousand six or nine. The six I think. Rally Sparza um two thousand and
1: three. No, no, no. Oh, oh on Broadway. The, the Broadway. Oh, yeah, 2006. Yeah, absolutely. I
7: took the bus in to New York and mm-hmm. Student Rush and sat in the front row. And Ralph spit instruments. on me a little. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I, I mm. cried and, you know, wasn't break. crying a lot at the time. So. Oh, so it was a good, yeah. was like
1: a cathartic break. Yeah. So when you saw, when you first found this song, it was the act one closer. Yes. Okay. I mean,
7: I had heard, I think I had heard, like, the soundtrack piecemeal. I don't sure. think I had listened to it. And all the whole, way through. Yeah. Yeah. And then I did get to see Elan Stritch live. Ooh. And I did the show in college. Company in college? Yeah.
1: Who'd you company Who did you
7: play? Joe Yeah, Joanne. yeah that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> good. That's a hard, so real, before you sing your song, how was it singing Ladies Who Lunch at that point?
7: Oh, it was hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I had to kind of throw things at the I audience. I feel,
1: I've said on the show that I think it's like the to be or not to be of American musical theater in, not only in that it's yeah. really good, but in the sense that like, when that song starts... Everything stops and nobody's really in the show anymore because everybody's heard that song a hundred times, yeah. sung by some of the best vocalists ever. Just like you've heard "To Be or Not to Be" delivered out right. of context so many times,
7: and you don't want to say like, "Does anyone still wear yeah. a hat?" Yeah, I know. You can't say that.
1: No, you can't. Well, can, but you, you have to that like way.
7: acknowledge that.
1: Yeah, you have to pay to the original, that right?
7: Which, so I think I was aware of that concept at an early age. That's um, good. But I don't know. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> no idea. But I did have a friend who I like did the, the she, you know, she screams kind of in the middle of the song or like yeah. she like can exhale this noise and like I did it and like my nerdy theater friend like stood up at that moment in <laughs> the audience and clapped. So that college really, I oh, <laughs> was all, I mean I was always playing 50 year olds, so.
1: That's so like, it's a fun show. I mean yeah. it's, a, it's a really, it's an interesting show and I and you're going to sing the song that was the original, I think the original closing number. I think I'm right about that. It was either that or Multitudes of Amy's, was the original. Mm. And then was cut. And, and I think it went, I think it goes Multitudes of Amy's, Marry Me a Little, Happily Ever After, Being Alive, which is where we are. Now. Yeah, yeah. And then got reinstated in the 95 revival, Blue Boy Games, as the Act 1 closer. Oh, yeah. All right. The stage is yours. Let's do it.
7: <laughs> and collaborator Vaughn Irving.
1: Yes. So we have. Yeah, that's good. So we have uh, a video of Vaughn Irving. Vaughn is uh, is out in Mexico. He'll explain why in a little bit. So we have a video.
8: My name is Vaughn Irving. I'm a Flying V company member, and I was one of the co-creators of You or Whatever I Can Get. Um, I was lead writer in the project, um, which meant I had the right to veto everyone. Uh, but I chose not to most of the time because they're good. I played uh, Phil, the fellow who's just had his heart broken, was getting uh, was engaged, or was about to get engaged to his longtime girlfriend when she breaks up with him, and spends the rest of the show trying to navigate his sorrow. I mean, there's a lot of personal stuff in the show from everybody's perspective. Uh, a lot of this writing process. The writer's room was more like group therapy where we just brought out all of our demons and laid them on the table and saw what was funny about them, which was a good, it was a great process. It was, it was fun, it was informative, it really taught us a lot about each other and about humanity too, saying, oh, your experience with this is so much different from my experience with the same thing. When we started it, we just threw out a lot of concepts Here's a funny thing or a sad thing or an interesting thing about love and relationships to our generation. And uh, eventually we sort of uh, were able to to find the through line there and, uh, and it took some massaging to get it to be a to be a play, but it was a lot of individual ideas that came together in a beautiful way. I'm out in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'm the artistic director of the Santa Fe Playhouse, uh, which is a small um, theater going through the transition from, from community to professional. I like to call them a semi-professional theater right now, uh, which is nice because it has no definition. Um, but we're trying to trying to find that, that process of, uh, of really creating something super special and making it sustainable in Santa Fe, which is a small community, but it's where I'm from and it's a beautiful town and it's a great place to live. And I hope that I can make it into a theater place. I will be singing There's a Fine Fine Line from the musical Avenue Q, which is a, a love song about puppets. No, but the thing that I love about theater that I don't think that film and television can accomplish in the same way is sort of tricking you into getting content. You know, you go to see Avenue Q because you want to see puppets swear and have sex. And then you end up getting a message about what it means to be alive, uh, about humanity at large. And that's beautiful. I think someone introduced me to the soundtrack of the show when I was a freshman in college. And uh, I ended up seeing it at the National. I didn't, you know, I knew the soundtrack like the back of my hand by the time I saw the show. And yet, it still was able to surprise and entertain and move me, which is a great thing to say for a musical, because a lot of times if you know every word, you know what to expect. And, uh, and I didn't. Good.
2: There's a fine, fine line between a lover a friend. And there's a fine, fine line between reality and pretend. You never know till you reach the top if it was worth the uphill climb. But there's a fine, fine line between love tale and a lie, and there's a fine, fine line between your wonderful and goodbye. I guess if someone doesn't love you back, it isn't such a crime, but there's a fine, fine line between love and a waste of your time. on you anymore I don't think you even know what you're looking for for my own sanity I'll have to close the door and walk away there's a fine fine line between together and not and there's a fine, fine line between what you wanted and what you got. You gotta go after the things you want while you're still in your prime. And there's a
1: Jason Slopsteen, ladies Yay! and gentlemen. That's the closest thing I'll get to a wrestling
5: yeah. entrance. Like, That's good. Uh, we broke the hug line. Oh, uh, I heard about it and I didn't want to go with it.
1: He made a choice. That's all, you've been
5: here 24 hours, we didn't want to hug
4: you anyway. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, Thrilled to be here. <laughs> well, you've been here more than 24 hours, right? I mean, uh, you know. yeah,
4: yeah, you... you. Time loses meaning at a certain point. Oh, the flat yeah. circle. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's good. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You should write a show. Well. Sure about that. Yeah. All right. And then yeah. have a
1: disappointing second season. Be right back. Disappointing. You really or whatever I can get to. Down time down. is a flat, <laughs> flat circle. <laughs> so you uh, you came up with the with this show uh, along with Vaughn. Sure. Yeah. To hear I mean, Doug tell it. No, area. I
4: mean, it was, so like, it, what happened was Vaughn and Doug and Suzanne and Steve and others had collaborated. On uh, Disco Jesus and the Apostles of Funk, which won the twenty thirteen Best uh, the Director's Choice Award for the Capital Fringe Festival, which meant that Vaughn was entitled to a free show in the next mm. year, which would be the twenty fourteen. Um, and Vaughn and I had become friends, and I really enjoyed working with him on a project that I just worked on. And I really enjoyed working with Doug on a project that I just worked on, which was the Pirate Lords of Port Town and Maggie. And so, um, I was scheming, basically, <laughs> and we were walking down the street to like Martin's on uh, in Georgetown, and um, Vaughn was like, I have this show and I don't really want to, I don't, I don't, I don't think I want to do it. And I was like, You have a free show, why would you not do it? <laughs> and he was like, I, just, I don't have a thing. And I was like, Immediately, I was like, right. I have things, Yeah, but, <laughs> uh, but I was like, "We well, things." I was what like, what, what would you want to do? And he was like, I don't know, I kind of want to do like a relationship piece about geeky people and I was like we could do that <laughs> that's within our powers man like yeah. you didn't go super far out <laughs> um, and right in my wheel I, so, I was yeah. like well, why don't we do it he was like alright <laughs> uh, and in the span, so then like we walked one way and then we walked another way and we ran into I think Doug and Maggie and we were like so we're gonna do this show and they were like what? <laughs> we're like we're gonna do musical by the t- by the walk down. We had the title, we had oh, the wow. rough idea. We had the cast and the music director. And then the cast changed.
3: Right.
1: Um, well, we should great. say, when you say thrilled. have the cast, you mean you had the cast in your head. No, you know? no, we had already you, made offers. Oh, you made calls. The, oh, wow. Because they were there.
4: Because Doug was dating Maggie and Vaughn was dating Sherry and they were all there. So it was no, just literally those part. It was part of my pitch. I like literally just in the moment went like, what can I get people to agree to right now so I know I have a show this summer? And I was like, <laughs> you, you are all in relationships. Let's do theater. And then in the back of my head, I was like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've made decisions. decision, <laughs> I'll live with them. Yeah. I think we called Steve that day and was like, do you want a music director show and help us write it? And he was like, okay. Yeah. Um, and so like, yeah, we had oh, so all that. Really had there was it. a lot of stuff that happened in the show just because we had to make choices quickly. Like, the mm-hmm. reason Doug is in the show naked at any point in time oh, is because yeah. when we were applying for Fringe, we had to decide if there was nudity in the show. Right. And Vaughn and I sat there and went, you think there's going to be? And we're like, I don't know. Well, Sherry so we, was Well, like, I was going to say, Doug tells the story <laughs> a, little a little differently. <laughs> <It>
5: was, <laughs> Sherry was like, guys, and I'll be naked? I was, be sure. <laughs> I just remember we, like,
4: right. Well, right. We, may, we, may, we said yes, and Sherry didn't do the show. Right. Sure and I'm so we were, we were stuck there, and we were like, we advertised it. Right. We have to do it. And there was literally this moment at one point where, like, maybe it just starts the show and Doug just comes out naked and goes, and then we start the show.
7: Also, of, Doug was the only one who was volunteering to be. <laughs> at that
5: point. Uh, that yeah. is, but then we kind of. like, was like a, I, right, 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 I right. volunteered after we asked everyone.
4: <laughs> right. No, but it, we, we found a moment in the play that worked. We were called ever, "You, you would serve. <laughs> That was, yeah. but it was kind of also was trolling a little bit. Because, oh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, because like, there's a whole scene where Suzanne's like. This close to taking off her, her bra, and you're like, is it gonna happen? Is yeah. it not? Is that where they're going? And then it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then out of nowhere, Doug just just walks. Gonna... And then out of, like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, well, they said there were because like when you announce yeah. it, people are waiting for it. So it was like, oh, yeah. well, okay, is it this the moment? That's gotta be the moment. Mm-hmm. Nope. And then out of nowhere, Doug just walks off stage, yeah, walks, walks on the- back <laughs> on, he's got Tomb Raider and Zebra cakes. and right. he just, <laughs> yeah. Makes the show. <laughs>
1: well I said I I liked, I liked how I mean it is, but it is a should say. It makes a lot of sense in the moment. Oh, yeah. In the moment when he does it, it's a great, it is, if you're going to have Doug be naked in the show, Everything's be it's the perfect moment. But I really like how slow his walk was off. Not on. Okay. I mean, he kind of came on, not quickly, but you came on and got in position with the Tomb Raider game covering the bits. And then... You just take a slow amble off stage. <laughs> like, for those of you who came for this, here it is. We, yeah, just, we work really well together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know what Jason. Likes. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's true about fringe audiences. Though, but if you don't, but like if you don't, I'm not going to go. That's yeah, fine. thank no. you. Um, he didn't have a Fisher Price record player. <laughs> if. Uh... I, 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 in a fringe <laughs> setting I learned the last time it was a slow burn but they got there the, um, <laughs> I don't think I did that's fine you've not <laughs> on stage yet don't worry about it um, <laughs> the fringe audience if promised something mm-hmm. that it does not get well, they will turn on battalion. you Yeah. yeah, yeah. well because I had that experience that same year because my play Giant Box of Porn yes. was in the fringe and the number of people saying. who came to that show expecting it to be one thing which we didn't advertise it sure. either, like it, but they expected it to be one thing and it is not it is a, it is a relationship drama you know, well, comedy, it. but it is that. It, so yeah. the
4: first play I ever did at Fringe was one that I wrote in direct called The Naked Party, and it did have nine people naked on stage. So it was about a naked party, and right. the, like the twist ending is that they get dressed to make out. Um, oh, that was okay. the big, that was the big twist. <laughs> spoiler, uh, right, spoiler. <laughs> um, Don't ever say but it. I definitely, there were definitely people that called up and were like. Can we get naked? And I was like, No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, This no, it's a show. You're still in the audience. They're like, but can we be naked in the audience? I was like, No. <laughs> and then I and then I hired security. Okay. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And then we had two people for security each time. I do want to correct one thing because like we did not come up with the names in the room. Oh. Is what I ha- no. What happened is no, I was with Vaughn. Our character names. Yeah, our character names were decided because I literally called everyone up because we needed mm. names, oh, and right, I just right. literally was like, What? Hi what would you name your character yep. right now? And uh, they said a thing and I wrote it down and that's uh-huh. what and it all was. that was it.
5: Yeah.
7: Yeah. yeah. Okay. I knew that yeah. happened but in my head it wasn't a phone
5: call. Each of us yeah. was probably in a room.
4: <laughs> I know for a fact you but were yes, outside. That you're
7: right. <laughs> that's accurate. That's, that's
0: accurate.
4: But it was, yeah, it was just like them answering the phone with no preparation yeah. like whatever they were sure. doing was me going, what's the name of your character? Dennis. Great. <laughs> like,
7: that's it. Yeah. That was it. That's true.
1: They fit really nicely though I have to yeah. say for that for that being that instinctual, it's a really nice. Like, that doesn't always go your way, that somebody's gonna uh, and somebody's going to laugh. Abernathy. No. Like, oh, sometimes, crap. sometimes if you don't let people think, they come
4: up with the right thing. Yeah. Well, sometimes is the key word in that sense. <laughs> so, sometimes they come up with, you know, but not the people that
1: I choose to work with. But that's oh, thank you.
0: Jesus. That's, good. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> that's,
1: that's good. You do, you do have a lot of trust. It's but this. This is a, an interesting melding of I, I like. I like your your sort of Machiavellian way you got this show started. It feels very. But if you like not not a bad way. I don't mean that I just, in, in like, way at all. It, no, but it, it is a very pragmatic thing of being like you've got a show. Like yeah. you need to put something in that slot. And then you have as as the facilitator being like, Well what can we do? What can we how can we make this happen? How can we Well the whole we show it? I think kind of is really special to me
4: because of the process where it wasn't a story that we came in. It actually was and Bond talks about a little bit, but but we came in first, I think was musical inspirations mm-hmm. more than anything it literally was just people bringing kinds of songs that they were interested in exploring and then it was about just moments in life like shit I think I like you as a concept right. or the, the, uh, so last over guy at the party as a concept and like this whole list of concepts and then it was just people being like I really like Doug being like I want to be an asshole who like becomes nicer or something like that, you know what I mean, like, <laughs> like, and people like just saying, I Not want in this. in real life. Just on the no, no, but, like, just, I never this, wanted a, to get nice Just right. people coming in and saying like, this is what I want my character art to be. Mm-hmm. And then we voted. So we had this list of like concept song ideas and we voted. Everyone got to, we all voted. Mm-hmm. And then everyone got to pick one that they wanted. So there was like a total of 12 to start and that grew. And then it was Vaughn and me in a room for five and a half hours with post-it notes being like, okay. Doug wants to have this arc, and Farrell wants to have this arc, and Suzanne wants to have this arc, and this is the song titles that we have available, and this is how long we have to do it. So,
1: <laughs> no, I get that. And it then I was my wall art. For like it two is because the other, I, I keep bringing this up only to emphasize how great this is for you guys, but that like it's so easy this show could have been a sketch show. Yeah. Even though it had mm-hmm. characters mm-hmm. and a technical through line, this could have been Phil's joke, Jen's joke. Yeah. Tori's joke, Dennis's joke, and just everybody gets a sketch. And you certainly have scenes that work as contained units. Like you say, the, the last sober guy at the party, which is my favorite, because oh that's always kidding. me, was uh, it, it is an example of that. Of that could just be a sketch. But the scene yeah. absolutely reinforces all the character arcs that are going mm-hmm. on in that moment, where Tori's out to have a good night, Jen discovers where she's at, Phil sort of abandons his responsibility, and Dennis decides to leave the apartment. And it all comes together in a nice, in, in, a, in a moment that could be very jokey. Well,
4: there's twofold reasons why that definitively is not what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is, and I was like saving this line for like when we get nominated for the Helen Hayes sure. Award. but um, <laughs> no, uh, when you work with people who want to get it right and not just get it done, mm-hmm. there was a tremendous amount of. Rigorous process on this show that doesn't mean bad, or but
5: it does uh, mean wanting to kill each other. Oh, <laughs> <well>, sure, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. but like, like,
4: like, but like, um, but also not just like not settling, you know, and like yeah. really working every joke, working mm-hmm. everything, waiting until someone texts us at three AM randomly, and then that becomes the joke. Like, just but like never settling and always saying if it's not right, it's not right, and everyone being willing to do that, and also a very deep. Deep need for every moment to be earned and arced out, and that's where, like, you see yeah. in the video, there was the picture of like the walls, and there was like a whole day that literally everyone wrote out their journey, song by song and beat by beat, in chalk on the walls of NCBA, and like we went over them, and made sure that it fit with this person, that nobody felt thin, to tie all that in because it was really important to all of us and to me in particular. Anything that I put on stage, I want to be about earned moments of impact. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole theory behind sort of like the be awesome concept when it comes to theater uh, and that you earn moments of impact by building up slowly through repeated motif and metaphor and stuff like that mm-hmm. and making sure that all of the, in this show specifically, the character arcs were the things that had to be building
1: and building to pay off together. So you were, it occurs to me, the only person of the six of you who was always watching the show. Yes. Because you have four actors on stage, and Steve, while is sort of detached, is performing in the show. Event. So you are the only person who actually watched this. Sh- like every iteration of this show, one might say that I was the director. Well, I- <laughs> right, right.
5: <laughs> yeah, but should we? I'd hate to go too far. Right, I- I'm
1: an academic. Jason. <laughs> so, I was back back a used- long time. why you <laughs> Yeah, we heard you chortling on the floor. So snakes, okay, So, but I, but as that like, how to to watch all of these like you you spend a lot of time writing and then the other five people kind of get this catharsis of being able to perform the material. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and because I'm sure there's a lot of you and your personal experience up there on the stage, but you don't get to perform it. You have to sort of no, watch but, but like, it. and, right, and yes. Phil is very much. A mix of
4: of me and Vaughn in a lot of ways and everybody but by the time there's a dude in Chuck's with a Superman costume chugging a bottle of water saying about how he's sober like Jason yeah yeah, we've we've stopped pretending that that's (laughs) not a moment that I am clearly represented Um, uh, I, I think that it always to a certain extent comes from for me my satisfaction is hard to find Because it has to be something that I can see and know is good by my standards, which are very high and very difficult. But then equally, the audience has to like it, too. It doesn't matter if I think it's good if you don't think it's good. It doesn't matter if you think it's good um, if I don't think it's good. So it has to be both. And so it was the moments when I would see something and I'd be like, this is really working. I feel like this... Is really good, and then I think the first moment I knew we really had something special was our friends Rex and Maggie came to see the very first like run we did before we did Fringe. Mm-hmm. I think before we even had full costumes or whatever it is, and it was mm-hmm. just in the rehearsal room. Um, two people who like were probably never going to be like you fucked it up, right? But uh, so, but, <laughs> but, but like, but, the like, but they, but they would, yeah, but they yeah. would, they, but but like, but, but, they, but they, yeah, they they wouldn't. They they are pretty honest and. They both were just like, you guys have something here. And seeing them respond to it and getting a chance to. I almost invariably, at a certain point, I'm just watching the audience. Right. And just seeing how they're responding to stuff like that. But, like, yeah, I mean, I remember the night the first review came out. I don't usually try and care very much about reviews, but it was a special moment, actually, because me and. Doug and Vaughn were still at the fringe tent, and it was midnight of our opening show, and the first oh, wow. review came out at midnight. We had a phone, and we just passed it around reading the review out loud because we'd put so much of ourselves into it that if anything
5: less than like, this is brilliant. that happened, yeah. we would <laughs> devastated. And then they
4: were like, "This is brilliant," yeah. and we were like, "Oh my gosh, no, no!" But like, seriously, we're like,
5: "I never told everybody that I
4: wrote all the reviews." <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, it was it was great, and it was, and I think it was because it was all of us. We all of us were so yeah, so invested, and everybody was so willing to put stuff in and 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 be challenged about it. There was a you know, the arc for me that changed the most was absolutely victorious. Okay. but the biggest thing I as a person realized from one to two because um, was the realization we had a lot of arguments about this actually and it took a long time for me to figure it out because it was my thing I was dealing with. that Phil's story is not that he learns how to be sad it's that he learns that one day he won't be sad anymore and that's terrifying. And it's like one Mm -hmm. step further in the jump, Mm -hmm. but like it made all the difference to like figuring out what the real end of the show is because it's not just, okay, now I get to be sad because Doug was the one who kept saying like, He's been sad the whole damn play. Right. And I'm like, but that's what I'm, I'm <laughs> feeling. This is and nobody sad. likes you.
1: <laughs> right. And, uh, and, and always right. sad. Right. Oh, wow. this <laughs> uh, He's not used to having us on either side. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is that thing of like what I was talking about, about the not feeling. The, it's that good kind of open-ended. Yes. Because it is not a place you normally end a character. Like, we're going to end them just one beat past where you thought, and... It's you know we still draw it to a conclusion, yeah. but it's like oh this is this it's is interesting. It's different. implied, like you yeah. know that he'll get there at some point. Well, just like Tori is the same way. I mean, the character does not yes. end. Sort of, it's not just that she breaks up with her boyfriend. It's it's, it's yeah. where she gets. One level past that, that she's yeah, okay with where she's at, and we earn that because the Jen and Dennis relationship is so satisfying
4: when yes. it comes together. Mm-hmm. That the other two, <laughs>
6: <laughs> I love that part when they oh, finally my. kiss. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <just> oh. have been <laughs> waiting the whole time, it's teased really
4: well, I mean, it is yeah. teased very nicely, yeah. And my favorite line of the little show is actually just the where are we now? Could you be satisfied with a guy like me? I'm no real prize. Where are you now? Do you need mystery? Do you already know yes. too much about me? Yeah. I don't know, but nice I can week. find out. If you want me to, I'll stick around. Yeah. And it's just that idea of like, these are two people that know each other really well and know just how, not even, it's too cliche to say it's a bad idea. They understand. The, the issues they bring to the table, mm-hmm. and that they're really making a conscious choice to say, "I'm gonna." Well, accept they can be that. themselves. I mean, yeah. it's also explicitly said
1: they can be themselves in front of yeah. each other, which is not something clearly right. implication being that is not something they've ever done yeah. before, and that's terrifying. But it could be the best. Yeah, or it could be. I mean, how bad could it be? As the song actually says in right, the, the show, "How bad could it be?" And you came out here to sing. Uh yeah yeah I sure did you sure did <laughs> <laughs> I wait. Yeah. Okay. so yeah so you chose damn it Janet
4: from <laughs> the Rocky from the Rocky Horror yeah. Show yeah. that's right you want me to yeah. talk about why I picked it yes I do well so you said I had to sing I did <laughs> and I was like you realize I directed the show right and you were like yes I use a lot more words, mean, words than that yes, but yes and I then did. I went through a process where I suddenly realized that aside from chess I don't really know a lot of musical theater right. and there wasn't a lot of good. Singing. We were emailing back. Yeah, we had a lot of so this was very there. stressful in the middle of planning a 24-hour play festival. <laughs> um, and so then I was like, oh, but I could have the opportunity to sing with Farrell because yeah. I just really don't really ever perform. So like, when's the opportunity going to happen? So I was like, I can make that happen by doing this, and I put that out. And then Farrell was like, oh, fine.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Which is what I expected, right? Yeah. So yeah, like no, it no. all went perfectly according oh, to right. the plan. Yeah, I like to right. say that
5: Farrell is my most honest friend. <laughs>
4: But, like, so, like, uh, I was like, okay, I think that William Shatner could sing the song, so I could, too. Oh. <laughs> um, that's actually a
1: really good bar to set, though. Like, oh, it's, Shatner I, can and you're it going to hear lit. Literally anybody can yeah.
4: sing Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good. I mean, like, I could do Common People instead. Oh, God, let love uh, Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, then, um. At the Cabaret. Yeah, but then, work then work. I was like, well, I, when am I going to get a chance to perform with Pharaoh? All
1: right, so, Damn It, Janet with Jason Farrell. Oh, this <laughs> is <laughs>
4: I've got something to say. Yes? I really loved the skillful way. You beat the other
0: girls. To the brides. Okay. The river was deep,
2: but I
4: swam it.
0: Janet. The future is ours, so let's plan it. Janet. So please don't tell
2: me you can it. Janet. I've one to say, and that's damn it. Janet, I love you. The road, the road, My heart, and you fan it. Janet. Janet. If there's one fool of you that I am, it Janet. Janet. Now I've one thing to say, and that's, damn it, Janet, I love you.
0: There's one thing left.
4: You're from video. I'm so just pretty. <laughs> I see, did light him very well. Do you Didn't see that my that hair? Way. It just falls perfectly. I like my voice. This guitar plays so... I'm in New Mexico.
5: Why do you say like a weird British blonde? <laughs> it's
1: Braun from the British. I also want to say thank you real fast because she has to go to Eliza Rothman, our company. <laughs> Great, and now uh, with that, we're going to bring, you bring up? Ladies and gentlemen,
4: the final of the big six of you or whatever I can get. He is our musical director, the man, the myth, the legend, the man who put all the chords down and created the harmonies. He is Mr. Steve Shabilsky. <laughs> Steve
1: Shabilsky. <laughs> I know, I can't hug you with a guitar. So no good. Just, we'll so
4: we'll do, good. do this. There we go. That's nice. See? That's going? Steve I, I
1: that's debatable <laughs> i'm right I'm, not there, here, like, I'm right there with you my eyes were open yeah so you've had to actually be sitting in the audience this whole time yeah that's right yeah it's fantastic Is it going well okay yeah we can't tell so uh now that you're all up here in this sort of uh i want to ask some sort of broader questions about this so how did you come into the project before we do that
3: though I'm um, just very very much the way jason described it um they um we had worked together on just on uh, just on unplugged at that point. I think just on unplugged. Yeah, and um, but you and Vaughn have worked together. Yeah, and Vaughn and Doug and I had worked together many many years ago at Wayside Theater out in out in Virginia. They were interns when I was the the MD out there, and uh, when I first moved to DC a couple of years ago, uh, Vaughn hooked me up with Jason, and that and that's snowballed into this relationship, which is fantastic. <laughs> and yeah. The, Called me up, said they said that there was a project, and they said, "Okay, because for these guys, I'll do it." So, were you in the room from the jump? Um, not from the jump, not from that, not from not that first meeting, but very shortly thereafter.
4: Yeah, I mean, from the as soon as there was a room, like he wasn't okay. on the street, <laughs> but like literally as soon as you moved... like we well, moved once you start writing. An actual
3: writing,
1: yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, okay, so you were you were there from the from the very beginning, tossing yeah. out ideas and all that, or were you more? listening and playing chords what was your
3: um i think it it was very organic and it really depended on what we were working on at the time Mm -hmm. there were things that we i remember sitting at ncda working our way through uh the opening with with you and vaughn and just sitting there and throwing a line or two out and piecing it together uh collapsible heart which Farrell mentioned was her lyric entirely and one one riff of mine and it just, it really depended on what we were working on at the time and what we what we needed. Every, every song had a completely different route to completion.
1: So when you guys were, were, when the six of you were sort of all humming along there and working, what I want to, what I really want to, I'm interested in are these moments that, I asked specifically of, of Susanna Farrell, but these moments that both felt the most personal to you and also the absolutely most, like, what on earth are you talking about kind of Experiences that still wound up in the show, not that just like got thrown out and then disregarded. Cardigo. What do you say? Cardigo. That's
6: not my, my moment.
0: That's
1: there moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there's a. There's Everybody a.
7: a li- I the sing 18. a song. It's called Jen's Dating Rag, and and um and the, and also the the worst first date song. But mm. there's a lyric where. Well, those are all real. <laughs> those are all yeah, real. Those are all real. All the worst oh hair. yeah, I I yeah.
4: My, Phil's first date is mine. We wouldn't go to a bowling alley, but she did vomit all over a friend of mine. Tell me that she was a drug addict, and then proceeded to ask me why the Jews were trying to take over the campus. It's
0: funny. You're okay. on Anti-Semitism coming out of nowhere. That is, well, yeah, the
1: anti-Semitism segment on stage is a riot because it really does completely come out. Of nowhere.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was the same in my car. Yeah. <laughs> That never gets any any less weird to hear. No, not no. that never. Oh
5: it's really God. weird because I, I I don't I'm gonna speak for everybody, but I'm really sort of speaking for myself to say that it's every everything is so personally true. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there we there's some exaggeration in different places that are you know to to make it a story, but Dennis's arc is my arc, and mm-hmm. you know. Jen's arc is Steve's arc. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 my mother I
0: listening. Yeah, right. <laughs> Victoria <laughs> is Jason and his teens. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Daybeds, right, yeah, <laughs> what, no, <right. laughs>
0: And Phil is just Jason. Oh, no. Right.
4: Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot. But like, right, yeah. it, it's very much, I think, a mix of me and Vaughn. And what's really interesting about that and talking about things that were made uncomfortable, we, Vaughn and I came at relationships at the time from a very different place. And so there was a lot of conversation about me being like, and I think this is where this thing's happening. And he's like, I don't think that's the way... Well, the
7: feelings part is all Jason, so...
4: Right. But then, and then <laughs> later in <laughs> the <later laughs> life, without getting details, like, like recently, Vaughn and I've talked, and he's like, I get stuff that you talked about mm-hmm. before now. Like, mm-hmm. like, there's been, I think, a few of us have all now gone through periods in our life where we now understand what someone else was saying mm-hmm. in the room where we were like, I don't understand why yeah, someone yeah. would feel that way. And then you call the person up two years later and go, so that note that you gave me? Right.
5: <laughs> totally I get it now. now. Not yeah. me though, because
4: I'm happy.
1: You're be. all fine no, <laughs> needs, no needs, no, needs no improvement. Doug Wilder needs <laughs> no improvement. So it says on your Christmas card. I'm just way
5: ahead of that. Oh, I see what you mean. You're escalating. But
0: mostly because of his age. Because you're old? <laughs> <laughs>
5: Yeah, don't like... tell everybody. Right, right, right. they don't. <laughs> well, that plays nicely into the song we're going to sing in a second here.
1: Uh, but I did want to. I want to point out one more thing before we before we sing. Our, we talk about the song we're going to sing in a second. Um, is just how like amazing it is that this all not that it just works, but the 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 thing that's that needs to exist where six people are writing simultaneously and performing. Four of them or five of them really performing is that there has to be a certain amount of no ego not completely absent from the room but you have to be willing to subjugate your ego to the show or the show is not going to be as good as it possibly can be it can all still work it can also get where it wants to go but if you're unless you're willing to sort of completely release your ego for it and that's always the thing that when people get together and say we're going to write a show that just doesn't happen that's always the thing that gets in the way somebody tries to be the autocrat in the room which is why i asked you the question about directing though because that is that thing of like stepping back from it and you're like, I can see this and I'm telling you my idea is the best. And that's really rare to see that you all came out of it feeling equal. Equal ownership of this, like, and not a, just in a in a like mm. in a very real
4: emotional way. I think the only time that I can ever say I think my idea is the best is if I'm willing to say a lot of times I don't think my idea is the best. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I think that's what all of us yeah. did, hopefully. Yeah. Um. And I'm sure everyone has different perspectives on where that landed, but I, I would say that one of the things that made the process so beautiful is that it was so egoless when it was came down to like it was like what works,
0: mm-hmm. and it was right. never
4: about what I like. It was very vocal discussions about why i don't think this thing works the way you think it does mm-hmm. but never about like i right. like this moment yeah, yeah. i
7: really wanted to do the <coughs> drinking wine while doing yoga bit but they're just
1: but it got cut. <laughs> you know, you know, kind of... <laughs> so what's your okay so last th- last question what's your what's the thing that got cut that mm-hmm. you still wish Ugh. gosh i wish I was in the show even if you know it's totally wrong for the show oh man in the first version
4: Doug did this whole dance with a Wiimote oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, while she was singing The Rag, and it did distract oh, yes. from Farrell's song. I was completely <laughs>
7: staged by Doug, which is but, already difficult. But we also <laughs> added
4: that song at the last... Like, like uh, literally, the song was added because, yeah. like, Ferrell, uh, something oh, was missing, yeah. and Farrell was like, well, I would learn a new song in two days. And oh, learn a new song anytime. And, then I was like, and, and I was like, oh? And <laughs> then <laughs> I wrote a new song. Um, but So, like, we didn't really know what that song was, and we went up in, like, two days afterwards, so, like, it just became... Jen singing this good song, and Doug doing a whole choreographed dance funny. to a Wiimote. Yeah. And then when we got around to the other version, it was like, this upstages me. And I was like,
0: it does. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's the thing. Like, it should have
4: gotten cut, but like,
5: if you missed that dance, you missed good. that <laughs> dance. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, I'm happy we changed the song, mm-hmm. but I used to love Victoria's ending song. Oh, I um, like I really liked the first song that we did. I mean, I'm glad it's different.
7: <laughs> it <was laughs> but like I do Disney miss or... the song. Yeah, I don't even remember it. Is that and the mean?
5: opening, I miss the opening too. Yeah, I mean,
3: that's the that's the thing. There's a lot of stuff that I miss. There's a lot. Of, uh, the, the original opening is one. Uh-huh. I really like that tune. I really like that riff. But the things that are in the show are the things that needed to be in the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. And, I'm, and so I don't think there's anything that's cut that I regret cutting. Oh, sure. I, no, no, I, no I didn't think so. Yeah,
1: it, it's that. It, but it's like what Jason was talking about. It's that moment of like. I loved this. It was absolutely wrong, but I had so much fun Yeah, mm-hmm. doing that. And those things are, but that's what writing is. I mean, that's the trick to knowing that, like, this girl, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, Just I mentioned it off the cuff with, when Farrell was talking about Marry Me a Little, bit, like, the original closing song for Company is a song called Multitudes of Amy's, which if you've ever heard it, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous song. It's a beautiful song and absolutely the wrong song to end that show on, and he just sometimes just had to throw that away because that's what he does. And it's the ability to take this piece, this gorgeous thing you love. And as they we say, we, when we teach writing, we say this expression, kill your babies. You really have to do that. You just have to throw these things out the window and be like, that's, that's not good for the, the piece as a whole. And that's just really, but it's fun. It's good that you, I think it's better that you kind of can't, you don't have a like, nothing's jumping yeah. out of your mind, that they've all kind of faded away. And you
7: can still hear the title track. Right, yes. a good segue, Farrell.
1: Good. Where can they hear the title track, Farrell?
7: Uh, you are Whatever I Can Get. Because
1: coming soon is the.
7: Coming soon will be the full cast recording, original cast recording of You or Whatever I Can Get. Um, and we decided to do a bonus track where because we, we all really wanted to, to record uh, the title track. And that'll be on there, and you can grab that for the next few days. Feel free.
1: Yeah. Do them that one more time.
7: You are Whatever I Can Get. .bandcamp.com
1: Faux free. Foe free. <laughs> That'll be great. And we're going to sing a song. We're going to sing a song from the show, which I really wanted to do. And Vaughn's not here, so I'm going to replace Vaughn as Phil. He's not going to be on tape or anything. Be... Be and uh, <laughs> so just to set up, but I think one thing we haven't done is any kind of synopsis of the show, which I don't think we need to do like a full synopsis. But Jason, if you could set up the song, song. yeah. So well, where we are in the show.
4: Sure. It's real early. Uh, the, the play starts with Phil. Having uh, going to be me. Who's played, B- pa- played by Patrick. Uh, Phil finally deciding to take the step to propose to his girlfriend of seven years uh, and going to his friends for, like, congratulations and, like, encouragement and receiving not quite that from all of them. <laughs> they sort of maybe know some things he doesn't about his life, but not maybe the <laughs> best way to say it. Um, and so he looks for encouragement from, like, random people on the street instead Uh, and he finally is like I'm gonna be the happiest man that ever lived and then his girlfriend shows up and says we need to talk and the (laughs) next thing you know they're in a park and he's like dazed and is like getting stuff back and getting all these things that he's left in her life and realizes that he literally has Three things of hers that he found scattered around mm. his house in a mm. plastic baggie, like one earring and like a toothpick or whatever it is. And like, that's all she's left in his life because she's been moving on for years. <laughs> um, and he's left shell shocked. And it's also his birthday. Uh, yeah. And that is the day that he 30 turns 30. Uh, and that's where we find um, our hero. Our the hero, car. or me
1: three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> cool! We're, so, we're going to do I'm 30 from You or Whatever I Can Get. The clock is ticking on my youth, I found a grey hair in my boots. I've only had sex with two girls, make that 1.5. I'll be bald by 33, she was the only girl for me. Who else will put up with my crippling social anxiety?
0: I'm 30! I'm gonna die alone.
1: All i got is this box of broken dreams and a decade of remorse. I'm 30! I'm gonna die alone.
7: In your room. (laughs) This is a party. Jen,
1: I don't really feel like a party right now. Well,
7: everything doesn't have to be about you. It's my birthday. Well, I made pate. Well,
1: that's great. I'm gonna go to my room and hate myself.
7: You can't hate yourself on your birthday. Then when are you
1: supposed to hate yourself? (laughs) (laughs)
7: Look, you put all your eggs in this bitch's basket, and now all (laughs) you've got is this box, and she's got your basket.
1: What does that even mean?
7: <laughs> I never liked her. We dated for seven years! And now she's gone. Aww. And we're having a party! Maybe yeah. 30
2: is too old for a birthday party. I'm
7: not yet
5: monogamy. But no longer. But Kathleen may have been the one to say the words. I was the one to do the deeds. To fulfill my needs. To spread my
0: seed.
5: And now I'm ready to thrust my repressed masculinity back into the world of dating. Once again!
7: I'm a free man! Dennis. Could you be a bigger dick? What? Phil just had his heart broken. Really? Lisa dumped him. On his fucking birthday. Oh, that's great!
5: (laughs) Come on and be my wingman, we'll hit every bar in town. All the ladies will be lining up, getting ready to go down on my penis. We're dirty!
0: We're
5: living free,
0: yeah! Smile, voice oh, nice personality. Oh my God! I'm gonna get it. Oh, oh, I'm only gonna get it. I'm, I'm gonna get it all it. together. I'm, I'm thirty. I'm only twenty-seven. I'm thirty.
5: By the way, I'm gonna need to crash here for a while.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for coming to the original cast recording here at the beautiful. On. My thanks to Doug Wilder, Suzanne Edgar, Farrell Parker,
1: Jason Slavski, C- right. Steve Wilski, and... Where's Lee? Lee's not even here. Lee Libeskind for producing this entire thing. It's been a wonderful day. Thank you very much for coming. My name is Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. Thank you, guys. Thank you.